0: Niacinamide has been a K-beauty favorite for years, and thanks to its ability to do everything from improve your skin's barrier function to fading acne scars, it's little wonder why. Today we're doing a deep dive on Niacinamide in K-beauty, plus a few warnings on what not to do. Welcome to The Korean Beauty Show, where we're talking all things Korean skincare, makeup and more. If you want to learn about the hottest trending products and ingredients straight from South Korea, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, we'll be diving in to take a look at the latest trends, as well as all the tips and tricks you need to perfect your K-beauty routine. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, professional K-beauty expert and founder of Korean beauty platform Style Story. Today's episode is brought to you by Style Story, your go-to for K-beauty. Shop online at www.stylestory.com.au. You'll discover unique brands that you won't find anywhere else, plus cheap international shipping. Hello and welcome back to another week of the show. So, If you listened to last week's episode, you might have heard that as something a little bit different, I'm trialing out doing a K-Beauty news headline section of the podcast sort of to start off and let you guys know what has been happening in the industry here in Korea, what people are talking about, uh, and some of the changes and things that you might see coming through in the future. So I'm going to do that again this week. Uh, Let me know if you like it. If you're not keen about it, come and find me on the gram. I'm at lauren.kbeauty. If you just think this is boring, let me know. So one of the headlines that I thought was really interesting recently is that the Minister for the environment here in Korea has announced that from 2022, cosmetics containers are going to be required to modify their recycling labels. And what the changes will mean is that now products will need to indicate the grade for how easy or difficult it is to recycle a cosmetic product. So the current labeling regime in Korea basically indicates how the products are going to be recycled here. So we have a very, very complex and complicated system for recycling a whole lot of different things that just aren't recycled in other countries. So we separate into a lot of different categories like pet bottles, plastics, styrofoams. Um, you know, we can even recycle lighting, batteries, all that kind of stuff is separated out um, and and dealt with differently rather than just the normal recycle and, and um, rubbish, I guess. We even have a separate bin for recycling um like food waste as well so we have to separate all our food waste out uh, and that goes into a different bin so basically korea already has what i would describe as a very very robust uh program in place for recycling Uh, the only other country that i've been to that comes close and maybe even surpasses us, although I didn't sort of count, was Japan. They also have a really, really um, wild recycling system where you have to separate all this different stuff out, which if you're a tourist can be a little bit confusing and overwhelming. But most other countries that I've lived in, including Australia, literally just do recyclable and non-recyclable, which is pretty terrible if you think about it. Uh, So what they're basically announcing is that they are going to have another level on top of that, which indicates basically how easy or not it will be to recycle that particular product. And the guidelines that I have seen suggest that the phrasing that they're probably going to use would be the English equivalent of like the very best level for recycling or difficult. So if something is, for example, made of a combination of plastic bottle, uh, a label and a lid that is made of synthetic resins, then that could be labelled the very best level for recycling. But if it was something like a plastic bottle with a paper label, but a metallic lid, then that's going to be labeled difficult to recycle just because there's that mix of materials that makes it just that little bit harder um, to separate them out, basically. And what I have been reading is that there are some concerns within the industry about these changes, and that stems from a couple of different... I guess, concerns. First, people are a little bit worried that this could potentially actually hurt the image of K-beauty overseas. And that's because, for one, Korean beauty products will be the only ones to have these stickers. So whereas the you know competing products from the rest of the world indicate, oh, you can recycle this, and the consumer sees it and is like, oh, great. If the Korean ones are labeled difficult to recycle, people are going to get a negative impression and go, oh, my God. Whereas in reality, the other products from the other countries I guess, are just as difficult to recycle, but they don't make that obvious. So there is some concern that 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 will be not a good thing for the image of K-beauty products overseas. The other one that I think is probably a little bit more valid is that, People are concerned that if the packaging is less complicated, less innovative and more simple, then it will make the products easier to counterfeit. And look, there probably is some merit in that, um, you know, for the brands that are particularly susceptible to fake products. Um, But yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. Do you think this is a good change? Do you think it's a step in the right direction? Uh, Let me know your thoughts, because I thought that was a really, really interesting piece of news. Okay, so today's topic of conversation, obviously, we're talking about niacinamide in K-beauty products. That's what I really wanted to cover. That's going to be the main focus of today's episode. Uh, If we haven't already met yet, let me just quickly introduce myself before I dive right in. I'm obviously... Uh, My name is Lauren. I'm a K-beauty expert. I am the host of this podcast. Uh, You are in the right place if you are wanting to take a deep dive on the world of K-beauty to learn about what's going on in the industry, the trends, the products, uh, basically anything to do with skincare, Korean beauty products. This is exactly what we we talk about every week on this podcast. I have new episodes that drop every Tuesday, uh, Korea time and Australia time. So... Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss out on new episodes when they drop. Uh, Yeah, so that's basically it for my little intro spiel. So niacinamide, this is such a a popular ingredient pretty much everywhere at the moment, but Korean beauty absolutely loves it. Uh, Niacinamide is in so many products that sometimes I hear people that have you know an allergy to niacinamide sort of lament that fact and go oh my gosh there are so many k-beauty products that are not an option for me because i'm allergic to this ingredient and it seems like nearly everything has it in it uh why is that so niacinamide let's go back to basics it is a form of vitamin b3 it's a skincare ingredient and it's a tried and tested staple of many dermatological solutions and that is because It has a whole heap of benefits for the skin. I think in Korean beauty, here in Korea, it's known for effectively brightening dull skin. That is a claim you'll see repeated over and over again. Other benefits include improving skin tone and reducing the appearance of redness, reducing the appearance of fine lines and enlarged pores. That's a really big one. Plus, strengthening the skin and calming acne-prone skin. They're, they are some of the other ones that I have uh, that I have looked into. So, who should use niacinamide? Well, it is what I would describe as a jack of all trades. I think it works really well for a large variety of. Skin skin types, people of all different ages and skin concerns. But I think the people that are going to love this ingredient the most are those with a weak skin barrier, Uh, and that's because niacinamide can help to increase the production of ceramides, and they are crucial to support the skin's lipid barrier, and it also helps to prevent water loss. So over time, you will notice that use of niacinamide products will help reduce redness, blotchiness, and sensitivity, and all of those are aggravated, when the skin's barrier is compromised. So that's why it's such a great ingredient for those with a weak skin barrier. It's also a great ingredient for people with acne. And that's because it's non-irritating. It has some anti-inflammatory properties. It can help to regulate sebum and is basically just perfect for people that fall into that category of oily skin and acne-prone skin. Uh, Because all of those things are things that you will find that you are experiencing if you have acne, basically. Obviously, those that have a dull complexion, the brightening benefits are... Are uh, great. So, if you do have just sort of a, a lifeless looking complexion, I guess, you know, sometimes your skin, you're just like, ah, just doesn't look healthy, it doesn't look bright. Uh, that is when I would say to reach for an niacinamide based product. It really helps with a sallow complexion and particularly if the skin is damaged. Now, aging skin is another one that niacinamide is great for because, as we spoke about, it can boost collagen production and assist with better synthesis and formation of collagen and elastin, which are two things that aging skin does start to naturally Uh, produce less of as as you get older basically, you know, everything kind of slows down a bit and collagen and elastin are two of those components that you will produce less of naturally as you age. The other one is hyperpigmentation. So it can reduce the appearance of uneven skin and redness and it does this by slowing down the transfer of melanin. So they are five Types of skin um, issues, I guess, and types that I would recommend niacinamide for just quickly. So, a weakened skin barrier, acne prone skin, a dull complexion, aging skin, and hyperpigmentation. Now, I'm just going to quickly read out one of the reviews that was left for the podcast, and this one was actually left on Style Story's Facebook page, which I believe is at StyleStory.au. So this review says, in addition to Reddit and Style Story product reviews, I like to listen to Lauren Lee's K Beauty podcast to learn about products and techniques. She is based in South Korea and has the most up to date information. She is easy to listen to and is a fellow Aussie, so I'm a little biased. My favorite episode so far was about the current past K Beauty trends versus Australian trends. I did not know that what is popular in Australia is actually not as popular in South Korea. Thank you, Lauren, for creating this show and letting 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 us know what is trending, what ingredients do for our skin, K-Beauty dupes, and new products. So thank you so much to the lovely listener who left that review. And remember, guys, you can also leave a review. There are heaps of different ways to do it. You can leave one on your podcast app, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, basically anywhere that you hang out. I would love to hear your review if you have one. So I'm going to talk about now... (laughs) Because niacinamide is so popular and it is in so many products, there is a trend these days, and I'm going to blame Western beauty a little bit more than K-beauty, and that is to go higher and higher and higher with percentages. For whatever reason, I feel like the trend these days, particularly in Western beauty products, is that more is more. So even if an ingredient has been shown to be effective at a quite a low percentage, it's like, well, let's just add add more because more must be better, right? So that is something that I think is a little bit of a problem. And that's because higher concentrations of niacinamide can, for some people, lead to redness and irritation, particularly near the eyes. So what is a high concentration then? Well, Studies have shown that doses of niacinamide as low as 2% are effective. So I would say then technically anything over 2% is a bonus, right? 2% tends to be the golden standard in Korean beauty products, uh, and having reviewed literally thousands of Korean beauty product ingredient lists and their percentages, I can tell you that I rarely see niacinamide in Korean beauty products in percentages less than 2%. Uh, 2% honestly seems to almost be the rule. If they're not doing it in 2%, they will nearly always say that. It'll be like, hey, this product has 5% because, you know, that's over and above the standard. And I think that that is probably because the KFDA, so the Korean Food and Drug Administration, has a rule that products must contain at least 2% uh, of niacinamide to make brightening claims so I think any more than that it just becomes a good marketing point for them if they're trying to say it has a higher concentration Uh, but Therefore, I would basically say as a general rule of thumb, the minimum effective dose is probably good enough. But also, if you are layering products, which is really, really popular to do if you're doing a K-beauty routine, layering toners, serums, essences, moisturizers, sleeping masks in a single routine, it's easy to see how you may in fact be getting, you know, 10%. So I would say a lot of the commercially available Western products that have like like, a 10% in a single serum, I'd be careful with products like that, particularly if you are mixing them with K-Beauty, uh, because you'll be getting that anyway. You don't need to go out and buy a 10% niacinamide serum. You will probably be getting 10% if you are layering, you know, five different products that have 2% of niacinamide in it. So just be careful of that. Um, as I always say, you guys are probably so sick of me <laughs> saying the same thing, but play it safe and start with lower doses of pretty much any of your actives before you scale up. And that's just because the skin barrier, as you know, I hope you guys know by now, if you do damage it, then it doesn't perform the protective function that it is supposed to perform, which is keeping bad bacteria out and hydration in. So If you ruin it, you have to wait and baby it and be really gentle and sort of, you know, coax it back to life. And that takes a long time. So if you can avoid doing anything to harm your skin's barrier by overdoing it on skincare actives or chemical exfoliants, then I would recommend doing that. So, yeah. Basically, anything like AHAs, BHAs, PHAs, retinol, vitamin A, L-ascorbic acid, which is pure vitamin C, they're all products that if you're using them in your routine together can lead to over-exfoliation. So keep an eye out for that. Now, a question I have been asked a few times is can you use vitamin C and niacinamide together? So... The fear I hear stems from the belief that the two are going to cancel each other out chemically and render both formulas ineffective. And I think that that fear is exacerbated or increased by the fact that vitamin C is an extremely finicky ingredient to work with. Uh, I had an episode a little while back now, but if you're interested to learn more specifically about vitamin C, have a listen back to that. Uh, It's prone to oxidization and it's just it's got a a whole heap of benefits but it is very finicky and a lot of uh, product manufacturers and formulators don't love working with pure vitamin C for that reason. Uh, So look... The two ingredients are well known for their benefits, so it makes sense that you would want to use them together. But the idea that they shouldn't be used together actually comes from a study from over 40 years ago. And that study basically said don't use niacinamide and vitamin C together in the same routine because the idea was that niacinamide hydrolyzes into niacin when combined with vitamin C or any other acidic product. And this conversion activates epidermal Langerhans cells, which causes redness and tingling. But the thing is, any product with niacinamide and an acid can actually hydrolyze into nicotinic acid. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right over time and that is regardless of its association with vitamin C. So I think the big problem with this really old study was that it ignored the fact that many of the concerns about niacinamide can be eliminated by keeping the products out of direct sunlight and in a cool and stable environment and that is because niacinamide's conversion to this nicotinic acid only converts under extreme heat for extended periods of time and only small amounts of the product actually change over. But if you are worried about it, this is what you need to look out for. Flushing, and redness. If you are combining niacinamide and vitamin C, as long as you aren't experiencing those symptoms and you're storing your products properly, then you should be fine. So if you do combine the two ingredients together, they will likely turn yellow, but that is still safe and they can still work together for brightening. Uh, to Just to sort of close that point out, I guess what I would say is if you have more sensitive skin and Are worried about possible effects of a niacin flush then you can alternate your niacinamide and your vitamin C day to day but if your skin isn't particularly sensitive I think it's probably totally fine to go ahead and use them together so you be the judge of that whether you think it's better to alternate days whether you have skin like a rhinoceros and then you could just want to go ahead and use them together Um, patch testing is always a great idea so just have a play around and see because I know a lot of people are wanting to combine or getting the benefits at least. If not combining them, they want the benefits of both products. So that is uh, my tip for how to do it if you are wanting to go ahead. So uh, to round off today's discussion, as I usually do, I'm going to give you a list of K-Beauty products that do have niacinamide in it. Now, as I've already said, literally we could probably go through half the world of K-Beauty, but I've just picked out a few. So the first one is, and this one actually is formulated with uh, a type of um, brightening, which is Yuja, Sun by Me's Yuja Niacin 30 Days Blemish Care Serum. So that is one of those rare products that actually does have 5% of niacinamide in it for brightening. And they've also used Korean Yuja extract. And Yuja is a type of citrus fruit and that is also great for restoring dull skin as well. So keep a lookout for that one if you're if you're out uh, you know looking for something for brightening to restore dull and stressed skin. That is a great one. Both of our Jelly Co products also do have niacinamide in them as well. So our Bubble Tea Steam Cream. Basically, what we've done with that one is to combine the benefits of an oil and a serum into a moisturizing cream. So it uses a functional amount of niacinamide in the formula which also makes it great for brightening and I know a lot of people have said that they really notice the difference in their skin and how dull it becomes when they stop using this bubble tea steam cream so that definitely is great for brightening. The other one is if you're after um, a more gel textured formula then our Jelly Coat Cherry Blossom Sleeping Mask that obviously has real cherry blossom extracts in it along with again a functional amount of niacinamide but it is a gel textured sleeping mask so it's nice and cooling it's hydrating but it is a lot lighter uh bubble tea steam cream is sort of a thicker one and you really only need a tiny little bit of it whereas this cherry blossom sleeping mask it works for oily skin types as well, and even in summer, and it's got that really nice cooling benefit as well. So they are some products to look out for, but like I said, you will be hard pressed to find uh, KPD products that don't have niacinamide. So if you are allergic to it or have a bad reaction to it, just do check uh, the products that you're using and see how much niacinamide you think you might actually be getting once you've done all these different layers. So that is a wrap for today. That is what I wanted to chat to you guys about. Now, if you did like today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode and leave a rating and a review so that other people can find us. And if you would like to keep chatting, let me know what you thought about today's episode. If you've got any feedback uh, or anything like that, come and find me. I am at lauren.kbeauty on the gram. Alright, that is it, that is a wrap from me and let's chat next week.